how do we repent if we are still attracted to the same sex like we cannot control it? I like to give you some just general guidelines. You need, number one, the grace of God. You cannot actually repent from any sin without the grace of God. So you need to have a strong relationship with God. Number two, you need to understand the reasons that contributed to this. And one of the most common reasons that while growing up, there was like a psychological barrier between the person and the parent of the same gender. For example, boys with their father or girls with their mother, or maybe trauma. So understanding the reason will be very helpful because sometimes when I understand the reason and I try to reconcile my relationship, then this will be a very important step in the healing and recovery. Number three, I need actually to stop all the sexual activities, either if the person is practicing or masturbation or pornography, And there is a principle here called radical amputation. When the Lord told us, if your eye causes you to sin, he did not say, close it. He said, block it out. So if internet causes me to sin, I will block it out. If app, and I connect with homosexual friends through some application, I need to remove these apps completely. If a friend, I need to stay away. Quitting and stopping all sexual activity through the grace of God. Again, I need the grace of God. Number four, I need to connect with myself. Sometimes people are angry at themselves. They hate themselves. Or there is shame and guilt. Or maybe disgusted. How to accept the forgiveness from God and to reconcile with myself and to look at myself from God's eye. He loves me. He did not come for the righteous. He came for the sinners. And he loves me. So this reconciliation with oneself is very important. Then, number five, how to make healthy, non-sexual, non-romantic, non-dependable relationship with people from the same gender. This personality development. And in the same way, how to be able to do a healthy relationship with the other gender. And see if there is any barriers in my heart to make relationship with the other gender. Avoiding all the sources of temptation and developing self-control. The following point is hope and hope and hope. Satan will try to make you fall in despair. But you need to have hope that God, who raised ladders from the dead, he can raise you. And you are accepted by God. As long as you are struggling, God accepting you and loving you. So don't fall in despair. I remember I said to one person who is struggling with a sexual sin, I told him, I'm worried about you from falling into despair more than falling into this sexual sin. Because Satan tried to make people fall in despair. And the last point here, the sacrament of 
repentance and exposing all your thoughts to your spiritual father. Sometimes you need help from a specialist, but you need to get help from a godly Christian specialist who follow and abide by the truth and the scripture and the sacramental life of the church. That's very, very important. And there are many, many cases of recovery. And I want to tell you that recovery is a lifelong process, lifelong journey, like any sin, not only this sin. Does your illness still believe that someone that struggles with same-sex attraction can still pursue a heterosexual relationship? Yes, with recovery and healing. And I know many people who actually now they are married and they have a successful marriage relationship. Uh, But again, when they get married, there are some criteria. For example, he quit all, all sexual activities, including masturbation, pornography, for at least one year. Then he starts to have a heterosexual attraction. Also, should have a spiritual maturity. With these signs, then we can say this person is ready to get married. Do you think people are born gay? And if so, why do you think that burden was placed on them? Who made them gay? God or Satan? I will answer this question in details in tomorrow meeting with the servants, but just I will answer it quickly now. Many studies try to prove that people are born gay. So one study focused on twins, identical twins. And there is difference between genetic determination and genetic influence. Genetic determination, like the eye color, the hair color. If it is genetically determined to be a gay, then identical twins, both of them should be gays, not only one. They found in this study, the first study they took a small species, and they found in this study 50%. But just the fact is 50%, not 100%, then it is not genetically determined. They repeated a few years later, and they found it is 25% with a large species. So they came with the conclusion that it is not genetically determined, because if it is genetically determined, then all identical twins, either both of them will be gays or not. You cannot have one gay and the other is There is a research done by one called Hammer, I think in early 90s, and he said that there is a suggestion that the gay gene is G28Q+. So this chromosome is responsible for the gay gene. Further studies after the study done by Hammer, they proved that there is nothing called gay gene and the person is not born gay because of genetic determination. Then he's asking, 
Who made them gay? God or Satan? Let me tell you. No one is 100% as I explained born gay. No one. And also it is not the choice 100% of a person to be a gay. So when I say you choose 100% is your choice, I will tell you what we mean by this. But it is not 100% the choice of a person. You did not choose it and you are not born like this. You are not born like this and you did not choose it. Because as I said, there are reasons, contributing reasons. For example, young boys are exposed to abuse, sexual abuse. Or as I said quickly, when there is a separation between the growing boy and the father from the same gender, especially in years from 5 to 12. During this age, the boy wants to identify with his father. But if there is psychological separation, then he will identify with his mother. So when he goes to the adolescence at the age of 12, the world of men for him is mysterious. So he wants to explore the world of men. And he wants to find a father figure because he did not find the love and care. That's why he will be interested to make relationship with men, with boys, with same gender. And because of the hormonal changes in this age, it turned into a sexual attraction. This one of the most common reasons, actually. So what again, what I'm saying, no one is born gay, and no one, 100%, it is easy choice. But there are some contributing factors. It is your choice to start the journey of healing and recovery and repentance or not. That's your choice. If there are contributing factors made me suffer from uh, same-sex attraction, I still have the choice to start the journey of repentance, healing, and recovery. So this is your choice. Again, the same, yeah, same question, but it's written differently. If someone born with the same-sex attraction, I said no one is born with same-sex attraction. Or the way someone is nurtured, yes, is a contributing factor. How can the church argue against the someone who went through childhood trauma? Yes, because as if a person went through this trauma, but he is refusing to be treated. He is refusing to be healed. It's your choice to be treated or not. It's your choice to be healed or not. It's your choice to repent or not. That's, that's a choice. For example, if, if I'm born with congenital heart disease, it's my choice to seek treatment or not, to do a surgery or not. Then if I choose not to do the surgery and I died, it's my choice. Why would God create an individual that has no control over their sexual attraction? See the misleading here. No, he has control over their sexual attraction. When he starts the life of repentance and recovery and healing, yes, we have control. As, as I told you, there are many, many stories of success, many stories of transformation, many stories. And many stories, I know them personally. So don't say they have no control over sex. Because many argument is based on a wrong principle at the beginning. So here, 
he started by writing something wrong, has no control over the sexual attraction. Yes, maybe some factor contributed that you are attracted to the same sex, but it is in your control to seek recovery and to seek treatment. And allow this attraction thing, condemn their attraction, how is this fear that this person not worthy of having a significant other that they truly love? But as I explained, these relationships are destructive. Love should be edifying. Love should care about the eternity of the person. Love should care about even his physical, emotional, psychological uh, health here on earth. I know some youth in early 20s, they have AIDS. I know them personally. So how to tell me this is love? It is not love. The definition of love here is distorted. The person cannot be attracted to the opposite sex. Again, is he started the journey of repentance and healing and recovery, they will be attracted. And as I told you, there are many success stories through the grace of God. Are we allowed to be friends with gay people? As I said, what is the purpose of this friendship? Is it edifying to both of us? Is it going to influence me? What about the truth in the scripture about friendship? I told you 15 qualities about the true friendship according to scripture. Why St. Paul said, don't keep company with sexually immoral people? And what kind of a gay person? Is he taking pride and celebrating sin, sinful life? Or this person, no, it is sin, but he is not fighting it and refusing to repent? Or this person actually, no, it is sin, and he starts the journey of repentance? What if that person doesn't want your help? but still wants to be friend and want you to be around him. Again, what is the goal? Friendships, you influence each other. You like it or not, this will happen. And most of the time, the negative influence is more than the positive influence. That's why St. Paul, again, the truth is the scripture. That's why I spoke in a long time about what is the truth? What is your reference? How to answer this question? What the Bible says about this question? Should I keep company with people who don't abide by the truth of the scripture? First Corinthians chapter, chapter 5, don't keep company with sexually immoral people. That's the truth in the scripture. First Corinthians chapter 15, bad company corrupt good morals. Are you abiding by the truth or not? To answer all this question, you need actually to search for the truth and abide by the truth revealed in the scripture. What do you say to a Christian who says they are gay and have chosen a life of singleness and celibacy? Because this is their cross to bear. They cannot change being gay, but they don't want to act on it. Why they don't want to act on it? Even if they choose celibacy or singleness, why they don't want act to live a whole life if there is hope in recovery? Why? Why you don't want to be healed? Why you refuse the grace of God 
that want to heal and transform you, you should answer this question. Even to live life of singleness and celibacy, you will be tempted. So you need actually to repent and live the normal life as God created us from the beginning. How do we respond to the Catholic Church when Pope Francis says doctrine cannot be preserved without allowing it to develop? If I follow this principle, then I can say we can develop the doctrine of Trinity. And now we say God is two hypostases, not three. And maybe another generation they say God is four hypostases. No. Doctrine and dogmas cannot be developed. Rites and rituals can be developed, but not doctrines and dogmas. Can I, I change that Christ is the Son of God? Christ is God who became man? And I, I say, you know, dogma can be developed. So now I, I can say, like Arius, Jesus is intermediate creator between God and human being. Who said dogma can be developed? Who said this? How to respond that he blesses same-sex marriage for the sake of tolerance? Again, if somebody went to Pope Francis and asked him, please place me, I'm going to kill this person. Is he going to bless him? Please bless me because I'm going to steal this family or this home or this bank. Is he going to bless him? The problem here, what the Bible says about same-sex attraction, it is sin. How can we bless sin? You cannot bless sin. To bless them means to lead them to repentance. That's a true blessing. As the Lord said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. If we show these people that we love them and care about them, wouldn't that make them feel like what they are doing is not wrong and encouraging them to keep going? I said, love does not enable, like the father who did not enable his prodigal son. If I'm loving them in a way that enables them in the way of sin, then it's not love. This is not love, not the agape love. Love is to lead the other person to repentance. And I spoke about this when I said if somebody going to the instead of driving east, you drive north. The true love is corrective in its nature, to correct others. And to rebuke, I quote you a verse from the book of Proverbs about faithful are the wounds of a friend. When discerning how to help someone, should we take into account when, if that person is actually ready to hear and receive the help, if they are not, how do you move forward with love and understanding? Yes. I spoke about this in details yesterday with the clergy, and I said there are six stages of change. The first stage, unwilling. Second stage, dreaming. Yes, I know I need to change, but it's impossible. Just, it's a dream. Then, willing. Then, acting. Persevering and overcoming. When I deal with somebody, I need actually to see in which stage he is. Is he unwilling, or dreaming, or willing, or acting, or persevering, or overcoming? 
and I need to deal with him because how to approach a person in different stage is different. How to approach the unwilling is different than how to approach the dreaming, how to approach the uh, willing, etc. Yes, and in, in all these stages, the demonstration of love can be different. How, how I, I show the Christian love to a person is unwilling is different than how to show love to a person who is persevering. But both of them are love. And the Lord, when he rebuked the Pharisees, and he told them, woe to you, woe to you, this was an act of love. And when he encouraged the woman in the house of Simeon, this was an act of love. But the demonstration of love here is totally different than here. Because these people need the rebuke. So this rebuke is a rebuke of love. But this woman needs encouragement. That's why he gave her encouragement. When he chose not to come back and not repent, should we break all connection with that person? Is it preferred to be their friend or will be seen like them? Again, every case is different. And whatever approach I will take, this approach actually should be therapeutic. What's in the best interest of this person? Like the person who committed sexual immorality in Corinth. The therapy for this person was to cut all communication with him. St. Paul said, don't even talk with him or visit him or eat with him in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And this led him to repent. Here when we deal with this, it's like a physician choose the right medicine for the right person. Again, friendship should be corrective. And if they are choosing not to come back, then they need a spiritual father who search for the lost sheep until they bring him back to the church of God. They don't need friendship here, but they need a love of a spiritual father who leads them to repentance. What do I do if I'm invited to be a wedding? As a Christian, you should not attend. Is attending a gay wedding the same as attending a non-Christian wedding? Since both are non-Christian and wrong, there is difference between a marriage that is not Christian and not sacramental, difference between this and a marriage that is sinful. Gay wedding is sinful because it is a sinful relationship. But a non-Christian wedding, it is a marriage. But this marriage is not sacramental. It's not blessed by the Holy Spirit. So these are two different types of marriage. A sinful marriage and a marriage that's not Christian and not sacramental. How do we help our friend to change their perspective when they are attracted attractive to the same sex with the scripture. Again, number one, we need to discuss with them what is his frame of reference. What is the reference? What is from where we know the truth? That's number one. Then once we agree on the truth in the word of God, in the holy tradition of the church, then we can talk with this person and change their perspective. If they are willing to accept the truth.
What advice to give to a friend who is unsure on how to repent and live a life without romantic love? I think that is the second stage of the sixth stage of dreaming. He is unsure whether it is possible or not. Here actually we need to give him hope, help him to ask the grace of God, share with him successful stories. So all this actually will move him from the stage of dreaming into the stage of willing. You said we should not have friendship with people who are sexually immoral, but you also said compared the sin of sexual immorality to the sin of lying. How does that work? There are certain sins that we should stay away from more than others. If a person who is celebrating lying, I will tell you don't, uh, not me, the Bible tells us don't befriend this person. A person who, who is celebrating stealing, a person who is celebrating murder, a person take pride in judging other and condemning other. That's what St. Paul said. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral, covetous, idolater, reviler, reviler like a person who always curse, 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 drunkard, extortioners, not even to eat with such a person. So St. Paul did not limit this list to sexual immorality. Having said this, or the, there are some sins can have negative impact on others more than, than other sins. For example, judging can have negative impact on people, very, very negative impact on them, judging and gossiping and backbiting. So there are some sins, maybe it, a sin of a person who curse will not impact me in the same way as a person who is judging and filling my ears with gossip and negative perspective about others. But St. Paul here, even the, the revilers, he did not exclude them. When he said this, this list, it is not exclusive list, but he's just giving an example. So a person who is not repentant and celebrating sin, we should not be friends with this, with this person. There is a question outside this topic, which just I answer it quickly. What is the proper role of worship music in an Orthodox Christian life? Music, we can use it outside the liturgical services, because the best, actually, tool is your larynx, when you praise the Lord with your voices. As the angels in heaven, they are praising with one voice and glorifying God. But outside the liturgical services, yes, we can use music in, in our meeting, in our celebrations, nothing in choir, nothing wrong with it. Glory be to God forever.